listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed to help you save your marriage wherever you are on the spectrum of the marriage. Maybe you haven't even gotten married yet. You're just trying to figure out how to avoid problems in the future. That's a great place to be. Maybe you're early on in your marriage and you're realizing that there are some bumps along the way. That's a great place to be. Or maybe you're further along. You've had difficulties, you've had struggles, you're not sure what to do, and you may be even feeling like the relationship is at risk. Well, we're here to help you with that. I'm here to guide you through the process, to think about things differently, to understand things differently, because when we know better, we do better. That's just how we do. So if you know how to do things differently, if you understand things differently, things can shift which is kind of what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, because there's some lies that we need to know better about. We need to understand and know better than believing the lies. Now, maybe it's a lie that you've believed in the past, and that's created problems. Maybe it's a lie that your spouse has believed in the past, and that's created problems. Or maybe it's a lie that you're even continuing to believe, one or the other of you, that keeps getting you into trouble. This is lie Number four, we've now gone through three other lies, and we start off with the lie that if you're struggling, you know, if you're having difficulties, that means that there's something wrong, that by nature, the struggle means that your relationship is wrong, that that maybe it was the wrong person. And we followed up with the fact that, uh, you know, when sometimes we think that we're in the midst of conflict, and that conflict indicates that something's wrong. And so we've gotten wrapped up into this idea that conflict or struggle, either one of those, are really indications that there is a problem here, that there is a, a, a problem with the relationship that has to be changed. And as we continue on, today I want to tackle the fact that I hear it very often said that you know marriage is something that, that needs to be 50-50, that each person needs to bring their 50% of the relationship. They, they need to carry their load so to speak. And I just want to say, that's a lie. It's the halfway myth. And the halfway myth is about how we uh, bring ourselves to the relationship. And, and it kind of makes sense. You know, you, you're, if you go into a partnership, maybe a business partnership, right? And you say, okay, I invest this much money and you invest an equal amount, or I work this long and you work this long, equal amount, then that's a fair partnership, now, to be honest, that's not even true in business. <laughs> that doesn't even pan out in business, but it certainly doesn't pan out in relationships for a number of reasons. And I want to talk about the different reasons why that's not true. But just understand that this is the halfway myth, that I've got to meet you halfway, right? That, that you contribute your half to the relationship. I contribute my half to the relationship. Between the two of us, we have 100%. We have everything there. And we want to talk about why the 100% may not be from one person, (laughs) and why we often uh, believe that we're the one putting in more. So let's just talk about this halfway myth. What's it about? 
Maybe you think it's about resources. You know, I've had people who are in my office that one says, you know, the other person's not holding up their end of the bargain with, with income, right? They're not working as hard. They're not producing as much. Or, or maybe they start looking at the division of labor. What resources do we bring in as a division of labor? Or maybe it's about the energy. How much energy does one person bring to the relationship? How much do they put into the relationship? How much, much energy do they place in, for instance, you know, making plans for the couple or um, taking care of different uh, parts of life. Those are the energy pieces. And the expectation is, hey, maybe I'm putting in more energy than you are. Now, notice that this is the common part of this myth, that when people are looking at it, it's normally because they're looking at their spouses not contributing their fair share. Uh, That's where this myth gets us into trouble. Uh, maybe it's uh, a belief about investment, you know, how much you're invested in the relationship. Maybe you feel like you're invested more than your spouse is invested, and, and therefore there is a problem there because they need to bring that investment up. All of those really are about this halfway myth that you got to meet each other halfway. So I mentioned the fact that this has been compared to like a partnership in business where, you know, you got to bring in an equal share of the work or equal share of, of the investment, the, the money involved or something like that. But the reality is that's not even true in business. I've worked with lots of businesses, consulted with lots of closely held companies and family businesses to know that sometimes people bring different things to that partnership, Maybe one person has a lot of resources, a lot of money. The other person has a lot of ideas, and they bring that together. It's not a 50-50 split. It's a part where it works together. Or maybe one person decides to take a a bigger leadership role, and the other person decides to be much more in the back end uh, or or some other level of that business. And so even there, they're not meeting each other halfway. It's it's not where each person is responsible for, for bringing in the same level. And the fact is that those businesses are incredibly successful because they don't require somehow a, I put in this, you put in that, and it's equal, but because they understand that that's not really the the thing. What we are trying to do is get to a place where you've got what's necessary, where you've got what needs to be in the partnership. So then we have this real heart of this problem where it begins to be a couple problem. Early on, sometimes couples do just fine with this 50-50 split. You know, let's say you get married and maybe you have equal jobs at that point, equal uh, different uh, occupations, and they bring in about the same amount. And maybe you both look at each other and go, okay, you, you bring in as much attention and as much focus and as much energy and investment in the relationship because it's, it's 50-50. You know, they, they kind of believe that. And then over time, some things begin to change. And one of the things that often changes is who's the calculation that matters. What happens is that the calculation point begins to shift. First of all, the calculation point changes because couples might look at different areas. And so one person can say, well, you're not putting in your fair share in this area. And the other person could say, well, you're not putting in your fair share in this area. And they're choosing the areas that they want to compare, right? Usually, it's a self-calculation. I am assessing whether how much I'm putting in, and then I am assessing how much you're putting in, right? And because of that, 
we begin to get to this place where if you believe that there has to be a 50-50 even split and you believe that your spouse isn't doing the fair share, that leads to a crisis. If you think that's how it should be, and then you assess that that's not where you are, then there's a problem in the relationship. You can believe that you're carrying more than your fair share. And the problem is, it misses some very important points to this whole process. The first thing that it does, though, is it creates a scarcity or a deficit model. Because what we're looking for is that there's some zero sum, all right? The zero sum game means that there's a winner and a loser. There's only so much to go around. And so we have to look at that. Instead of being able to say, you know, I can infinitely love, I can love lots of, uh, of things and people and, and have different relationships, right? I can love my kids. I can love my spouse. And the more I love someone, it's not that I'm depleting my level of love, because that doesn't have a depletion point. And so part of what ends up happening, though, is when we're starting to look at it from a scarcity perspective, we end up looking not at what I'm putting in, but what are you putting in, which brings us to the egocentric bias. This egocentric bias is basically that I see what I do and place a higher value on that than what you do which I may not even see. So for instance, uh, the idea of love languages, it's, it's a very elegant idea that Gary Chapman talks about. Um, and what Gary says is that we love different ways. And he has five different ways that we show love. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't feel loved by you know, all five of those, but there's probably going to be one or two that really stand out for you, that really make you feel loved and are the way that you also show love. It works both ways. How you receive love and feel it most deeply is how you share that love. So then you start comparing and say a spouse has a different love language. And so you're going, well, I, you're not loving as much as I am. You know, you're not doing as much loving action as I am. Look at all the things I'm doing. And you're going to be pointing to your love language. Because of your own egocentric bias, you'll see where you are showing love and somebody else is not. And therefore, there's a deficit where we get to deem that the other person is not doing enough. Where we get to point to the fact that this other person is falling down on their job of bringing their percentage in, of showing up with enough, right? They're not carrying their fair share, as I've heard many times in my office when somebody says, well, they're not doing their fair share around the house. They're not doing their fair share in love, in sex, in parenting, in income, in you know, so many different areas they point to. And they're getting to choose where it is from their egocentric perspective. They get to choose the categories they're going to pull from. There's been some research on how couples assess what they bring into the relationship. And they simply were asked a question, if you look for a ratio in different areas of your relationship, how much do you contribute versus how much does your spouse contribute? So maybe they look at household uh, jobs, maybe they looked at income, maybe they looked at attention and love, maybe they looked at a parenting role, lots of different areas. So very interesting experiment. 
the outcome is what's most interesting. When they do the comparison, they add up, they take a couple and they add up their numbers. <laughs> it exceeds 100%. They're asking a percent, right? And it exceeds 100%. Now, I'm not a math genius, but I do know this. You can't exceed 100% of something in life. You know, if you say there's this pie and I'm going to eat 50% and you're going to eat 50%, there's the total of 100% of the pie. It's going to be gone at that point. It doesn't suddenly grow another 10%. And if I take 75%, you can't have 50%. There's only 25% left, right? That's, there's a finite amount to what they were calculating. If you say how many, how much, what percentage of the household duties do you take care of? There's a hundred percent of the household duties. That's all there is. It, it doesn't exceed that. Of the hundred percent of what gets done, what percentage do you do? If there was an accurate representation, when they add together a couple, it would be one hundred percent. Instead, it exceeds a hundred percent which means that there is only one possible conclusion. One or both are overestimating what they put into the relationship. One or both feel like they put in more than they actually are. There's no other way to understand that. So part of what that tells us is that we are constantly overestimating what we're putting in and probably underestimating what our spouse is putting in. And what that does over time is it creates a sense of transactional relating. If you do this, I'll do this. I've put in my amount. I'm waiting for you. Many times I watch couples get in deep trouble because they say, I'm not going to do X until my spouse does X. I'm not going to contribute more to this until my spouse contributes more to this. I'm not going to do more until they do. I've seen it many times. I am not going to you know, approach my spouse romantically until they approach me. I'm not going to do more around the house until they do more around the house. I am not going, and on and on it goes. And so it becomes a transactional process. And I call that the spreadsheet marriage. It's really the balance sheet, right? Where it's a spreadsheet where we got these columns and here's my contribution. Here's your contribution. Now let's see if it balances out. The balance ledger the ledger relationship begins to create a lot of resentment along the way because behind it is a concept of I do so you owe or I'm not going to do until you do. But if I do something, you owe me, right? That's the transactional nature of lots of relationships. It's a shame, but that's what often happens uh, in life. We kind of go, okay, if I do this, then you'll owe me this, right? That works in some areas of life. I would say it still is a problem in many areas of life, but it certainly does not work in a marriage. That's the lie. Marriage is not 50-50. Now, as I've been saying over these weeks, just because the marriage is not 50-50, you can't then point to the opposite. The opposite's not true either. It's not okay for somebody to not have anything to do with the relationship. It's unfair for one to have to shoulder everything. So when I say a marriage is not 50-50, I'm not suggesting that it's okay to have 100-0. That's not my point. 
My point is that practically speaking, it's not going to be 50-50. It, it can't be, and that doesn't even need to be in the equation. But there is a problem if somebody is truly having to shoulder everything, having to deal with everything, having to do all the parenting, having to do all the housework, having to do all, all the income, whatever it is. If there's some, not some way of, of saying, okay, there's only so much energy, right? There is a finite amount of energy. That is true. At the end of the day, you know, I've, I've only been able to put out so much energy. There's just a finite amount of that. It's kind of like if you go for a run. You might be able to run pretty far at a slower pace, but if you sprint, you're going to run out of energy and you will not be able to keep the pace. That's just a fact of nature. So this is not to say, well, somebody gets a, you know, get out of jail free card where they don't have to do anything in the relationship and the other person has to just because we're not going to go equals. That stretches it too far. Danger is looking for the equal. That's the danger point of this lie. It's not possible to get to a 50-50 split. And it's really not even judgeable. There's so many different variables. And I'll take it one step further. Many times, this can shift over time. Our capacities change. Challenges come up. For instance, I once had a couple in my office where they had done a really good job of splitting their um, what was owed into things. So they would have an account, and they would say, you know, for for our mortgage, you pay this amount, I pay this amount. And oh, when we get the electrical bill, we'll split it in half. And we get, and they they'd split everything in half. And each person was responsible for bringing in the income necessary to cover those pieces. Anything left over, they got it. Each person got what they brought in. And so it was, you know, it was just, for them, they were very proud of what they created. It was great until one got sick. And when one got sick, it showed the weakness of their little system because one couldn't work. When that one person got sick, they were thrown into a crisis because they didn't know how to calculate. In fact, the one who had gotten sick was feeling more and more um, guilty about not being able to bring the fair share to the relationship. And the other was feeling more and more resentment there was now an inequality, that they weren't shouldering the load equally. Not that they weren't shouldering the load together. That's, that's okay, to shoulder the load together, to go, how are we going to get through this together? And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But the problem was it wasn't equal anymore. It had demonstrated the weakness of their situation. And so as they were going through, literally, there was an IOU being calculated the whole way through the illness because they were so caught up in the belief that this should be 50-50 for it to be a fair relationship. It had to be 50-50. And the longer that went on, the more it strained because they were buying this lie. So sometimes there are going to be shifts in capacities. Maybe somebody begins to outtrack the other in some area of life. I've had many couples who started at the beginning of their marriage with very equal income potentials, but then one person's career path begins to take off and the other doesn't. And this can show itself around resources. It can show itself around energy. It can show itself around so many different areas that we're looking at, How, what, what you're doing around the house. There's so many ways that people will ask the question, is this fair? Is this equal? 
So as it shifts over time, it can strain anybody who's believing that this is 50-50. So what's the alternative? Well, I call it the all-in mentality. I'm all-in. It's not that I have to get halfway. It's all-in. Another way I've talked about it many times in both my writing and in my Save the Marriage system is that what you're trying to create is a we. We are in this together. We're all in. We're here to give everything we can, not what's equal, what's fair, but everything we can into this. We're in for the long haul. We're in for everything. Think about it as a team. The sports team, I'm not a big sports team follower, but I understand the dynamics of a team. You're bringing your best self to play the best game possible as a team, working together to make sure you cover everything that has to happen. Maybe one person's better in one area and the other person has some, is better in some other area, but you bring that together. And the magic of the team is that you've learned to integrate those strengths and cover the weaknesses. We is a mentality. It's not you, me. It's not you and me. It's not you bring your half, I'll bring my half. It's we're all in. We're in this all together. The all-in mentality means that I'm going to give everything I can to the relationship to get us through life together because how I bring that in is not just for the relationship. It's for me. It's for you. It's for the relationship together, right? If I am making sure that we are making better progress, I'm making better progress too. On a team, the wins happen When each individual plays their best to bring the best to the relationship, to bring the best to the team, so they make progress. So you have to bring your best, and you have to cover the rest. What your spouse can't bring at some point, you have to make up the difference. That mentality shift breaks the lie. The lie that marriage is 50-50. It's really all in and all in, 100-100. We're totally in with everything we've got to be our best selves. So how do you do that? There there are a couple of ways to do that. Brene Brown talks about uh, what she calls the 80-20 rule with her husband. Maybe someday one person only has 20% and the other person has to cover the 80%. And so as she describes it, when they come in in the evening... One person can say, hey, I'm only at, you know, whatever number, 80, 20, 30, 60, 70, whatever it is. And the other person gets to say, this is where I am. And what they're looking for is to see if at that point they've covered everything. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if day after day, one person's coming in going, I've only got 20. I've only got 20. I've only got 20. And the other person's going, no problem. I've got 80. I've got 80. I've got 80. The question is when they can't get to 100, when they can't cover it, what do they do? So Brene Brown is uh, very busy with speaking to people and helping to change the world. Her husband and writing and all the teaching and all the other things she does. Her husband is a very busy doctor helping to change the world, helping to do great things. And so both of them have very important things to do in the world. They have that. Plus, they have their family to take care of, their marriage to take care of, their kids to take care of. So when they hit the door in the evening, maybe one of them's had a really tough day. 
And they can say, you know, I've only got 20%. And the other person could say, no problem, I've got 80%. Maybe some days they both go, hey, we've got 60 and 60. That's 120. We are great. Maybe they're at 100%. You know, coming home, that's great. They've got everything they need. The problem is when they realize that they can't cover the 100. They can't get to 100 together. At that point, they have to have a contingency plan. So they have to sit down and figure out what the plan of kindness is, as she calls it. What's the plan of kindness? We don't have enough to make sure we've covered the bases. So let's say she comes in, she's been busy, and she says, man, I've only got 30%. Her husband comes in, really busy day, and says, man, I've only got 30% too. They're at 60. She says at that point, they drop back and say, okay, we're ordering out, we're getting on Netflix, we're putting on our pajamas, and we're hunkering down for the night. We're waiting for the shift to happen tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day once we're all rested up. And because of that, they recognize just from that very fact that they're doing the calculation, that they're not bringing in 100% all the time. But what they also recognize, that the 100% is a combined effort. It's not an equal effort. It's a combined effort. The fact is there are times when one of us in any relationship is going to have to carry a little bit more of the load. That doesn't mean the relationship is broken or something is wrong. It just means that's life. That we can't always be bringing half of everything into the relationship. That there are times when we can bring in more than the half and sometimes when we're not going to even meet the half. And that's okay. That's the nature of being in the relationship that our task is to bring it together. And so the question is a shift. The question that gets you into trouble is to be asking the question, so what are you contributing under the belief that we're doing our part, the question is, what are you doing? And it's always an accusatory question. What's your spouse doing? Are they bringing in their fair share? What are you doing? The shift is to ask the question, what am I contributing? What am I needing to bring to this? Not judging what are you bringing, which is really the question of what are you not bringing, but asking a question, what am I bringing? What can I contribute to this? And then the second question is to ask, how are we feeling, filling the deficit? When we're not getting everything we need, how do we make sure that we've covered all the bases? When we're, we don't have everything we need at that moment, how do we go back and cover the bases? Don't believe the lie. It will get you to the place of judging how your spouse is not doing what your spouse needs to do while you're patting yourself on the back for all the things you do or feeling bad about what you're not doing at that moment. Instead, recognize that it's not 50-50. It's all in and all in. Don't let the lie disrupt your relationship. If your relationship is stuck on a lie, one of the lies I've talked about, or if your relationship is just struggling, please check out my Save the Marriage system. It's been used by people around the world to transform their relationship. It's been used by people by themselves, even if the spouse is not wanting to work on it, to turn things around, to get it so that your spouse wants to join the process. Now, if you join right now, we have a couple of things to offer you. One is I give you a free week of my VIP program, which gives you extra tools and training 
extra skill sets, extra pieces of information that you can't get anywhere else. You can learn how to do the apology letter. You can learn how to create your own plan. You can learn how to understand space, how to create your boundaries, how to raise your standards. So many pieces of the puzzle. You can even ask your questions. I have a weekly conference call where I cover the coaching questions. So you get my response to your situation. We also have, just for as long as we can with my coaches stretched thin, a free get started session. You don't have to do either one of these. You can turn them both down. We don't trick you into them. But if you want the extra help, we have it. My coaches will meet with you for 15, 20 minutes to make sure that you have your best start possible. If you're ready for that, start now with the Save the Marriage system. It'll be the best investment you make in your relationship. But please, (laughs) don't buy the lie. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.